You're listening to the awesome Podcast Network. This is 80s Revisited. I'm your producer, Jesse Sedgley. And now your hosts, Daniel Sanangelo and Trey Harris. Full of lead, you'll be using your dick for a pencil. What do you mean? I don't know. I think he means that if you shut up. What he means is, if you're listening to the '80s Revisited, you're getting ready to listen to hear us talk about one of the funniest movies ever made. No matter what decade you're in, that's right, everybody. Decade. Decade. Oh, good. What's he doing? What's he doing? That's right, everybody. It's the Tres Amigos, as it was called in Mexico, but it's, it is to us, the Three Amigos. And again, as always, everybody, thank you for listening. I'm your host, Trey Harris. I'm the other, Daniel San Angelo. And with us, as always, our jefe, Jesse Sedgley. <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> yeah, that's right, everybody. Of course, if you didn't already guess it from the end of last week's episode, we are talking about one of the funniest movies ever made, The Three Amigos, a true 80s classic, an underappreciated classic. Uh, by the way, if you haven't seen it, uh, the entire movie is on YouTube. Uh, but if you haven't seen it, you should honestly just go buy it because you're going to want to watch it 50 million times whether or not you're on the internet with YouTube because it's such a damn good movie. But anyway, check it out there if you haven't seen it so you can you know, follow along with us. Mm. Daniel's making a face. Because uh, he got a text. Anyway, released December 12th, 1986. What a great Christmas present for the world. Mm. Here, everybody. One of the funniest movies ever. Merry Christmas. My work here is done, said Santa Claus. And then, you know, when it did something elsewhere in the world. Uh, IMDb, a criminally low 6.2. Rotten Tomatoes, what are you thinking? 56%. Estimated budget of $25 million, 5.9 opening. Domestic gross, 39.2. No info on the worldwide. But it made some money. It made some people pretty rich. Well, maybe not rich, but it put money in their pockets. Directed by the great John Landis, who also did such classics as Animal House and Jesse's really fa- truly favorite John Bel- Jim- John Belushi movie, not Jim, because Jim is nowhere near the caliber that John was. Jim Belushi movie, John Belushi movie, Blues Brothers. God, don't name your kids like you know Jim and John. Really, you know how about Philip and Wesley or something? I don't something that's you can't confuse. But anyway, and also. Many people didn't know this, but John Landis also directed the Thriller music video. I believe it's actually handpicked by Michael Jackson to direct it. I knew that. I knew you did, Daniel. <laughs> he made Thriller. <laughs> <laughs> really? <he> Written, <laughs> Written by Steve Martin, the actor, and also Lorne Michaels, the creator of Saturday Night Live, and also Randy Newman. Yes, mm. the you got a friend in me, Randy sure Newman. Sure, people don't. <laughs> yeah. And what a the racist! What a you know those are the those are the you know that's almost like the second three amigos of the movie because they wrote the movie three people three amigo three friends wrote the movie three amigos uh, and starring in and three each of these actors aside from uh, Chevy Chase and Steve Martin probably their greatest roles uh, Steve Martin of course as Lucky Day also the jerk which I'd say probably is his greatest role yeah. uh, Roxanne <laughs> Bowfinger and Father of the Bride Unos and Dos and then of course Martin Short as Ned Nederlander. But he was also in such classics as Inner Space. Also, Father of the Bride. Was it, was it Hans? No. That's it? It was Hans or yeah. Franz? Franz. Yeah, it's Franz. Yeah. And he was not here to pump everybody up. But in the he was good. 
And he was also in the also underappreciated classic Kurt Russell comedy classic Captain Ron, which has one of the funniest moments. Like there's you know there's moments in movies you remember, but uh, the movie might not be that good, but there's something about it you remember and you mm. and it's so fondly. The thing that I like, the one thing that makes me love Captain the entire movie because it really isn't that good, but the one part is Captain Ron is an eye patch, and he's laying in bed sleeping, and his eyes you know. They're like, is he dead? They're like, I don't know. He hasn't blinked in like two hours or you know thirty minutes. So they go over there because they think he's dead. And Martin Short goes to poke him. And he's like, ah, wakes up. Ah, what are you doing? Scares the crap out of everybody, the viewer included. And he moves the eye patch to his other eye. <laughs> he was using his eye patch to sleep, and his other eye is like a glass eye that stays open, which I don't see how it would because his eyelid would have to be open too. So anyway, it's short aside for Captain Ron, <laughs> but it's funny. And also Chevy Chase. I would say this is his greatest role, but I can't do that because he's also Clark Griswold. And all the National Lampoon movies that are actually good. I've never watched Funny one. Funny Farm. And, whoa. Not one. Nat- We're going to have to have National Lampoon Month on here to that's, catch you up. I don't really know a lot about Chevy Chase, and that's why. Really? Mm-hmm. Huh. Well, you are from a different time than me. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, also uh, Funny Farm and Fletch. Fletch Lives. And, of course, all three of them, Saturday Night Live alumni, three of the greatest actors to come from Saturday Night Live, uh, this side of, uh, or that side of Will Ferrell and everything. Eddie Murphy. Yeah, well, that was a kind of yeah. He was in that group, yeah, yeah. around the same time. Yeah, I put him with those and John Belushi too. But I mean, maybe a little before Bill Murray were maybe like in a sense a class ahead of him, so to speak. Although they were all on it around the same time. Uh, Alfonso Aru as the villainous and extremely awesome El Guapo. He was also in the '80s classic with Michael Douglas and Kathleen Turner, *Romancing the Stone*, and also the Western classic *See Wild the Bunch*. Uh, Tony Plana was Jefe. He was also in Primer, *Primal Fear*, and I think he was. I've never seen *Ugly* the TV show, but I think he was *Ugly Betty's Dad* on the TV show. If you've seen that, you will know. And then the lovely Patrice Martinez as Carmen. She was also in the television show Zorro, which I watched as a kid, and also Beatlejuice. She was the receptionist, the Miss... Uh, some country. Miss Argentina, I think. Mm. That was the uh, receptionist in Beetlejuice. And then also, in smaller parts, the great and unfortunately late Phil Hartman as Sam, John Lovitz as Morty, and Joe Mantegna as Harry Flugelman. Of course... Uh, the ones that threw the, the Tres Amigos out on there took us in the mm. opening of the film. Now, Daniel, you've never seen... Have you seen this movie before? Mm-hmm. Never. This is the first time you ever watched it. First time. Ever. Ever. And you actually you actually wa- ended up watching it on YouTube. That's our viewers who haven't... Mm-hmm. Our listeners who haven't seen it should also do. Now, I know I kind of sold Blade Runner a little too high for you. You know, I kind of pumped it up a lot. You know, I've talked about it. I've, I've, I've told you I liked this movie before. Hopefully I didn't jade you with anything so we can get a pure opinion here. What did you think of the greatest comedy ever made, The Three Amigos? It's not the greatest comedy ever made, but it was an enjoyable flick. Okay, that sounds like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, 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 that's a come see, come saw. I've had better, to quote the liar, liar thing. <laughs> no, I like it, but I mean, it's, uh, I love Steve Martin. Mm-hmm. I like him in everything he's been in. I like uh, Martin Short a ton. So the, they made the movie to me. Like, mm. Chevy Chase is funny. I just don't know him and stuff. Because, that's, that's shocking to me. Yeah. We're going to have to have a Chevy Chase month on this show. <laughs> I couldn't name another movie I've really watched him in. Wow, that blows yeah. my mind. Um, the Western... I'm not a huge Western setting fan, so mm. there was a little thing about that, but Steve Martin's up there for me in, in terms of all comedic actors. Like mm-hmm. he's, he's high. Um, I thought it was an enjoyable movie. I didn't dislike it at all. You didn't have to pause it. You watched mean, it the whole time, yeah. pretty much. Well, I watched it. And I, we had three kids, so there was right. a couple moments where I couldn't. <laughs> but 
Just pause it. You should let the kids watch it. Just pause well, it. Come back and do it. It's a good family movie. I like it. They just say the they just say the word dick. Yeah. That's the only PG part of that. But uh, this is one of my favorite funny movies. Period. As a kid, I watched this movie repeat like. Would rent it as I've told that story before. You know, everybody knows that story. Who's listened? What's What's the song in the middle? They sing by the fire. Blue shadows. I love that Blue part of it. Blue shadows. <laughs> I mean, it's almost mm-hmm. a musical. There's three yeah. musical numbers in the movie. Yeah. Uh, they're all great, but uh, it's so funny because too, because uh, this movie reminds me of um, oh damn it, I had it in my head and I lost it. I should have wrote it down. I can't remember, but uh, you know, a similar format has been used. Like you know, act, uh, I'm on Tropic Thunder. Practically, yeah. practically yeah. the a remake of the Three Amigos, except in Vietnam. Yeah. For for all intents and purposes, uh, but this is also one of those movies to where every time I watch it, I see it's like the nuances begin to grow on me. The little things I might not have noticed or almost forgot about seeing it, but I laugh from beginning to end on this movie. You have, in my opinion, three of the greatest comedic actors that ever lived, and three of the best people that ever appeared on Saturday Night Live, all in the same movie. Ridiculous plot. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes are extremely low scores, which clearly undeserving, in my opinion, because I think maybe they're taking the movie too seriously. But it's so funny to me, everything about it. I mean, just their flipping costumes when they look and everything. You know, it's it's you know as far as you know, of course, you know, Saturday Night Live movies. Not that this is one, but I mean, there's a lot of people involved in Saturday Night Live. They're involved in this movie. All three actors. Uh, John Lovitz, Phil Hartman, you know, Lorne Michaels co-wrote it. You know, so there's sort of that's you know, in a sense, you could say it's almost a Saturday Night Live movie. It's not based on a Saturday Night Live skit, but you got a lot of people involved in this movie. Uh, you know, and it's to me, it's it's the best. I mean, right, it's it's like one little tiny wedge above Wayne's World to me, but it's God, it's just so funny. Every time I watch it, I laugh, and I don't want to keep repeating myself because it really is just that enjoyable. Uh, and again, I'm not a big western. I mean, I like some westerns, but it's not a genre I'm mm-hmm. actively like. Oh, there's a new western open. I better go see it. Yeehaw! Uh, I'm very particular with westerns myself. Like you know, I don't. I haven't seen every Clint Eastwood yeah, western. I haven't seen it. I don't. I don't like John Wayne. The original True Grit is terrible. Is a, uh, the remake is phenomenal. On the other hand, I think I've watched one western in the theater, mm-hmm. which was Three Ten to Yuma, which was a good movie. Three Ten was great. Yeah. You know, that's one of those that like Russell Crowe and Tristan Bale in a western. I yeah. want to see that, and that was a remake too. You know. Uh, Django Unchained. Of course, it's Tarantino, but I mean, it's well, a western. Yeah, I watched that in the theater too. So yeah, but I mean, but you, you don't go into it. No matter no matter where or when a Tarantino movie takes place, it's a fucking Tarantino movie. Mm. It's no, it's nothing else. It's what the, if he did a futuristic epic? Type it's a movie? it's a Tarantino <laughs> film. That would be interesting. You know, I'm, I mean, uh, I was gonna say in a sense, uh, Nine Glorious Bastards, Kill Bill. In a sense, is you know the most modern. You know, not that it's futuristic, but it's the most modern of his films, I'd say, as far as like a timeline or whatever, or maybe from dusk till dawn. I don't know. <laughs> you know, he just wrote that one. Of course, he starred in it. But yeah, uh, this is just to me. It's it really is three. Like it's three. Of, they have good chemistry together. That's a that's one of the most important things in a comedy that can take it to the next level. Like Forty Year Old Virgin, all those dudes worked well off each other. Uh, with, uh, Tropic Thunder, uh, you know, to make that reference again. I, I thought Tropic Thunder was a little overrated. I don't think it. I mean, I liked for, it. Well, first but it of wasn't. all, uh, Downey Jr. Well, he, he owns makes the movie. movie. Yeah. Like, I mean, it still be funny without him, but he is like, holy, you're just like, holy shit, he is kill, like, mm. killing that role. 
I don't have a drug character to the DVD commentary, which he actually did a DVD commentary in character, which makes owning that an extremely valuable and important thing for you to have if you haven't, or at least hear it, because it's great. But, yeah, uh, this is just one of those movies, and they they do make movies like this today, like, a, you know, the, the comedy, but to me, the level of comedy in this movie is so high, like, every scene is funny. There's just so many parts of this movie that are so enjoyable and quotable. That's one of the things I love about a movie, too. When I'm in my daily life, I end up quoting it or something or other. You know, I want to meet somebody and tell them, like, I'm going to feel, you know, point a gun at somebody. I want to feel you so much, but so full of that. You need your dick for a pencil. And they'll just be like, wow. Whatever. <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah, extremely enjoyable. I highly, highly like it. But uh, as uh, far as other things go for the movie, and there's a lot of. Uh, well, not. Uh, there's grammatical errors all in this movie regarding the Spanish language, uh, and actually, well, I guess plethora might not be in English. Uh, might be a, a native Spanish word. I don't know if the origins of that word, but uh, El Guapo is Spanish for the handsome one or the ladies' man to tie it into SNL. But obviously, El Guapo isn't going to win any beauty contests. And the funny thing too is El Guapo's second in command is Jefe. Well, that literally translates to head, but more commonly boss. And his subordinate is, bo- is called Boss. Mm-hmm. So maybe Jeff Hefe is really the brains of the operation and El Guapo is just the face because he is the handsome one. Uh, and this is fun. This was kind of coincidental or, uh, uh, yeah, coincidental works. But uh, Alfonso Arau, or however you pronounce his damn last name, who played El Guapo, also played in a Spanish movie called Tres Amigos. Of course, it was not nothing to do with this movie, but same title. So, And eventually he plays in the real three amigos, so that's pretty interesting. Now, this was this was really cool. Uh, when they originally were talking about making a film with this premise, the original cast was going to be Steve Martin. He's always kind of been involved in it, of course, as a writer. But the other two amigos were talk that were they were wanted for the roles were Dan Aykroyd and none other than John Belushi himself. Uh, of course, a few things happened, like you know John Belushi died. Uh, but at that point, it was actually going to be called The Three Caballeros, which is also a Disney cartoon and part of the ride at Epcot when you're mm. going through Mexico on the little water boat. They play the Three the three Caballeros cartoon all through that. So maybe there were some copyright issues with that. Who knows? Uh, now, this is crazy. Steven Spielberg considered directing this film over E.T., <laughs> but eventually went with E.T., as we all know. Uh he said that had he directed it, his choice for the roles, would Steve Martin was still involved because again, it's kind of almost like his project, so to speak. But he would have cast Bill Murray as Dusty Bottoms, Bottoms and Robin Williams as Ned Nederlander, <laughs> which that would have been great. I mean, you know, I mean, honestly, all three versions of the cast of this film would be right. fantastic. Like, it would be amazing to see alternate versions, the nuances that the different comedic actors would take with those roles, especially, you know, Bill Murray being like, you know, because Dusty Bottoms was kind of, you know. Not all there, you know. He was kind of slow uh, and oblivious, whereas uh, you know Bill Murray's comedy is more like you know sarcastic and dry. So it'd be interesting to, where they would take it. And of course, Robin Williams as Ned would be, you know, they'd have to rein him in. He'd be so crazy, mm. especially '80s Robin Williams. And for those audiophiles who've seen the movie, that opening note they hold, they hold it for 14 seconds. And I tried to hold it along with them, and no, uh, can't do it. <laughs> 14 Not that, seconds? Not too bad. Yeah, but it's three. They hold the note. Yeah. You know, I'm like three. It's kind of like doing the um, fuck. 
Damn it. The fuck? Damn it. What's that? Explain the fuck damn it. I don't know what that is. What's that dude's name? I hate when I can't remember stuff on, like, right on there. Axl Rose? No. Google the fuck damn it? Yeah. (laughs) His name is Bastard Fuck Damn It. Bastard Fuck Damn It. Yeah. Is that, is there a space between fuck damn, fucking damn it? The guy that wrote Lean On Me. Who is that? Bill, no. Bill Withers. Yeah. When he does, ain't no sunshine. Once she's gone. If you don't take a good little breath, I know, I know, I know. It's kind of hard if you don't have a good breath before that. Well, the one I always try to do is <laughs> Axl Rose at the end of Don't Cry. Don't you cry tonight. And he goes, I, 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 and he holds it. I don't know how long, <laughs> but like, I can't do it every I've done it once and twice before, but I can't do it every you time. You're going to try to do it. I can't do it now. Don't put me on the spot. <laughs> but we, we can play uh, it so they can know what I'm talking about. There's it's the coming. video. It's coming. Hopefully, Vivo doesn't pop an ad in front oh, of it. Of course, it's going to pop will. an ad. Hey, guys. Oh, my Here's, God, it didn't. Whoa. And by the way, this is this is a great video. Like it, They try to make sense out of something, but they really don't. But it's good. Oh, there's the end. Oh, you already skipped to it. Yeah, we weren't going to watch the whole thing. And all you kids out there who don't know who Guns N' Roses are, go fucking to YouTube right now. Because you should fucking know who Guns N' Roses is. Don't you cry. And that's how Axel really looks. Not like he does now. Fat hillbilly. Yeah. Here it is. Uh, there you go quick aside (laughs) for Axl Rose that one's harder than the Bill Withers thing he's like (laughs) taking all over the place that's Axl for you Uh, John Landis states too that uh, if Martin Short didn't want to be in the movie his next choice strangely enough would have been Rick Moranis although I could see how that would fit Mm. it'd sort of be a Mexican Darth Helmet Dark Helmet but that's Spaceballs which we'll get to for you too I've watched Spaceballs. Oh, you have? And, oh, and at school. But have you? Oh, yeah, I remember that story. But you haven't seen it school. since you saw Star Wars, so when you watch it now, yeah. you're going to get so much more of it. Yeah. Like Grade I, school? Uh, junior high. Eighth grade. I'm surprised. Yeah. Wow. But was it the TV version? Or was it like somebody had the VHS? He did have to stop it at, or turn the volume down oh, at a certain part. Yeah, because he says fucking <laughs> Fuck. Mm-hmm. Even in the future, nothing works. Just yeah. for y'all people out there... Spaceballs, they, you know, it's a PG movie that says fuck. Also, Planet of the Apes, which is referenced in Spaceballs, it's like got almost full frontal male nudity in it. Nice. And it's like PG. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for all you, if you... And I think there's some titties in it, too. I don't Penis. remember. <laughs> you say that as Chevy Chase is trying to eat a burrito. <laughs> but, uh... Uh, again, uh, more like the uh, the verbal misuses in this movie. Grammar Nazis probably went crazy on this scene. But, uh... Of course, when they're talking about the piñatas, uh, he and El Guapo says, "What is a plethora, jefe?" And he's like, "Yeah, I don't know." And he's uh, forget his exact words, but it's misused right here, and it's a commonly misused word. Uh, plethora means too much of something, not that you have too, not that you have a lot of something. Like he says, "You have a lot of piñatas, El Guapo." Daniel's silent swallow, rubbing that shit <laughs> in my face. Fuck you, bro. Maybe it means he has too many piñatas. But I mean, the, the actual version, like, there's too much. Like, not, 
If I had one piñata in this house, it'd be a plethora of piñatas. <laughs> I would agree with that. <laughs> well, is it like, you know, a Spider-Man piñata or is it just like a Dora the Explorer piñata? It's a matter. new click. No. Nah. Click piece. Well, I mean, those are... It's a Wolverine piñata. <laughs> Wolverine piñata. A Jubilee piñata. Too many piñatas. <laughs> Let me put it that way. But, uh... What yeah. Was that, what was that game you played? Uh, Viva piñata? Yeah. That was a great... I only played the first oh, one. That was a great game. game. So the first one was... Um, I didn't play the second one, like I said, but the first one what was it? great. It was like a you raise pinatas and had to like do special requirements to breed different uh, different you know uh, animals. Real right? animals, right? I don't know. Have you seen the John Leguizamo skit yeah, about the pinatas? Yeah, I was too late to save this herd. Such a, <laughs> that was a his show was terrible, but that skit I will always remember because it was right, so right. flipping funny. I think we watched it here. I think show. we like on the show. I think we did because we came up on something was. John Leguizamo and anything yeah. that we did. That happens after 50 episodes. You forget I don't remember what you them, them old days at that point. Yeah. No, when, uh, and actually, my wife asked me this. We were watching it where Steve Martin's doing the lasso tricks before the, the night where That's, they had the show It looks down. real to me. He did, he, did, uh-huh. he did all those himself because he actually learned those when he was uh, working in a magic shop as a teenager. Because uh-huh. my wife was like, did he really do that? I'm like, well, he had to because, I mean, it's, it's not digital <laughs> at this point. Right. You know, but that's the true story behind that. And of course, I mentioned how tro- you know, this is sort of a Wild West version of Tropic Thunder, or more correctly, Tropic Thunder is a Vietnam version of this movie. Yeah. Uh, but the entire storyline of this movie bears an extreme symbol- uh, resemblance to Akira Kurosawa's Seven Samurai, which is a film classic, of course, which I'm sure you've never seen, Daniel, but it's okay. Uh, for example, uh, you have a village terrorized by bandits. In this case, it's Mexican desperados and not, you know, Villainous samurai. A uh, few villagers go into town to find help, which Carmen does with her little sidekick. Uh, they have very little to offer. You know, there's no there's no help from the townspeople. They have to fight them off hey, by themselves. Hey, go go back to that scene real quick that we just saw. Where okay, the there's a scene where the the main Carmen is running towards the camera. There's a chicken that will not get out of her way. There are several chickens <laughs> that I've noticed that die uh, that had to get killed in this movie. Just runs right over them. Yeah, the chicken will Another not shot when, when they're riding out of the, when El Guapo's men are riding out of the fortress on their horses. There's like a chicken that you can see like just trying to <laughs> stay alive between the horse horses running out. Several times, it's like they didn't care about the chickens in this movie. They just they use them for set dressing. Mm-hmm. And I guess if one did get injured, they're just like, hey, no, bring it to uh, craft services. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and then uh, there's a, uh, again the Seven Samurai comparison you know the village they have no help they can't do anything they find quote-unquote warriors they prepare defenses among and in seven samurai they also make a water-filled trench uh which they do in this one there's a large climactic battle the leader is the last of the bandits to die and then of course as they prepare to leave the village one looks back at the girl he fell in love with and it's a happier ending in three amigos as opposed to seven samurai but it's borrows very very heavily Hmm. some of the thematic elements so it's basically you know uh Three Amigos is a comedic version of Seven Samurai, and Tropic Thunder is a Vietnam version of Three Amigos. Thus, in a sense, Seven Samurai. Spooky. Run like six degrees of Akira Kurosawa, or three yeah. degrees of Akira Kurosawa. Which, by the way, if you don't know him, he's a very famous Japanese director. He also did, uh, oh, I can't think of it. It's a one-name title. Oh, fuck. But he also did a movie called The Hidden Fortress, which was one of the main inspirations for Star Wars. Yojimbo. Which was uh, also, in a sense, remade as a Western in the form of, uh, oh, it was a Clint Eastwood movie. It's the one Marty McFly watches, I think, in Back to the Future. Or not Marty McFly. Yeah, Marty McFly and Biff watch in part two. 
Son of a bitch, but it's the that good, movie. Bad and the Ugly, is that the one? Oh, no, it's not that one. It's the one, it's one of the, it's maybe a fistful of dollars. Oh, right, 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 yeah. I it's the one of the, before, it's, it's that one. But uh, that was also a Western version of Seven, I mean, uh, Yojimbo, which they also did again because that was such a big hit. I mean, uh, that was actually done, I believe, because The Magnificent Seven, guess what that is? Wild West version of uh, Seven Samurai. So, just for all you young kids out there that might not know that. But Three Amigos, if you haven't seen it, it's on YouTube. Check it out. It's extremely funny. It's one of my, I think, one of the funniest movies ever. Uh, much akin as Blade Runner was in like my top, you know, my Blade Runner was in my top three movies of all time. Definitely, uh, Three Amigos would definitely probably be in my top five funniest movies of all time. Like I, of course, again, rose-colored glasses, nostalgia, growing up with mm. it. It's there. It's incredibly funny. Except, of course, you know, us doing dabbling and acting, you know, locally with essentially films and everything, you know. You can also, like, you know, he's like, line. You know, he, certain <laughs> things are, and like when they steal the costumes. I mean, the whole movie's just flipping hilarious. And it was so funny, too, because last year at the Halloween party, or for Halloween, we had a theme, which was wrestling, but I actually found a site that sold Three Amigos costumes. <laughs> and I was like, God, what, well, I'm spoiling it for y'all now, but whenever we have a theme that this can relate to, I'm going to need a third Amigo. Trios. <laughs> yeah. That would work. But yeah, definitely check it out if you haven't seen it. It's a great, it's a abs- oh, I love that POV shot. <laughs> we're watching the whole movie as we're talking about it, so it's a little meta. And Carmen's pretty hot in this movie. I like her hair. But uh, yeah, you want to do your sports rewind? Or? Yeah. Sports rewind. Good job, El Guapo. Oh. Let me get it out real quick. Um, I should look that up in Spanish before I did it. <laughs> Three Amigos. Oh, well. Came out December 12th, 1986. On December 10th of 1986, an Atlanta Hawk by the name of Dominique Wilkins scored mm-hmm. 57 points. So, a ton of points in the NBA in one game. Was that a record at the time? Or? No. Wilt scored 100 points in a game. So Wilt the steal. But, uh, Wilt the slept with a thousand women, Chamberlain. Against the Chicago Bulls, which had a famous player on their team named... Scotty Pippen? Uh, no, Horace Grant. Uh, Jordan, Michael Jordan, Air Jordan... And that made me kind of think about what? I'm just thinking of Horace Grant on NBA Jam. Mm, he gets stuck as the alternate with you know yeah. Jordan and Pippen. Who's going to pick Horace Grant <laughs> to play with Jordan? I, don't, I never picked him. I just feel mm. bad for him. It's like, of all the fucking people to, i got to be on a team with, at least you're the third, you know, considered the third best. The third, but, I mean, mm. MJ and Scotty. I don't know. It's funny to me. <laughs> I love you, Horace Grant. I was going to kind of get into... Mm-hmm. Dominique and uh, Michael had a ton of, pretty much had the basic popularity sky rise of the dunking competition, mm-hmm. the all-star, during the all-star break. Um, that's actually one of the one of the dunks that Jordan did at that time. It's now the Jordan logo, which are your Air Jordans mm-hmm. and all your apparel. Air splits. But I was kind of thinking about the dunking contest, which kind of goes through little spurts of being exciting and then you're kind of like eh, what gonna do? yeah, yeah it's, right now it's a little too gimmicky but you think about like you know, there's so many dunks back in the day that don't hold a candle to some of the things they do now yeah just you have more stuff there's been way more dunks as you go so eventually the creativity is going to wear out a little bit watching some footage of it right now yeah. it's not that one um but uh yeah downey yokins was always like one of the Finalists in the uh, dunk competition is always like one of the yeah, competitors they had to some beat. Great battles, but, but uh, 
he fell in really? battle to Spud <laughs> Webb. Yeah, the old who five. beat Dominique Wilkins in a dunk contest. Yeah. Well, I mean, they had was a dude that a pity win. vote? They had a dude win not that long ago, Nate Robinson, who's about. They'll say he's like five. Well, they'll say six foot, but he's probably like five ten. They always kind of exaggerate the That's height. Still pretty good. Yeah. I mean, I think that was it right there. Yep. Here's his. Uh, we're looking at oh, his. We had to get the full court run. Oh, he's gonna show it from different angles. Here we go. Uh, YouTube edit. Yeah. But um, I enjoyed the dunk competition. I like the All Star break thing. I enjoyed the dunk competition, but. Like the one recently with Blake Griffin jumping over the front of a hood car. Like he doesn't even jump over like the middle of it. Just a little bit too much gimmick. Just get yeah. I like Why is there a car on this basketball court? Yeah. Some of the creativity, like you said, they they have to come up with gimmicks because we've seen almost every dunk. But yeah, back in the day, it was a thing to watch. From the free throw mm-hmm. line, he's on fire. <laughs> Horace Grant still on the bench. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, that was Sports Rewind. And in the real world, this was really cool because I actually remember this as a child. Uh, Two days later, after Three Amigos released on December 12, 1986, on December 14th, the Rutan Voyager, which was an experimental aircraft designed by Bert Rutan, obviously it bears his name, was piloted by Dick Rutan and Jana Yeager. I don't know if she's related to, I think, Bill Yeager, that famous test pilot. Uh, but it was it began its flight around the world. Now the thing about the Rutan Voyager was that it did not stop. It flew around the world. I think it took like nine days. Uh, I should have looked that up before I said that. Uh, but it was completely nonstop. And I want to say it's a very distinct looking aircraft. It almost looks like a tic tac toe board in the shape. It's really odd looking. But the fuselage was so tiny. Like I think they had they were like vertical or horizontal the whole time. They couldn't move around as they were piloting the plane and everything. So they pretty much. It was because the, the the experimental design of it was so unique that it was extremely odd looking and uh, like I said, I, it wasn't like a plane. Where like oh, they could you know get up and go to the bathroom. They probably had to like you know piss in a cup or something for nine days. Uh, and of course, again, first time ever, nonstop, no refueling, from one place all the way around the world back to that same place. So pretty cool. But I remember on the, as, as a kid, they would give like updates on the news, like the Ruthon Voyagers, blah, 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 because the, the second I saw the picture of the plane, because I thought I remembered it when I read it, I'm like, yep, that's it. So definitely pretty cool, and I'm sure if that's like a, still a record or anything, I'm sure today with modern aircraft, there's, there's probably been something that's done it faster, nonstop, but not sure. But at that time, it was the record. Hmm. But the Tres Amigos, with my other, with us three amigos talking about the movie Three Amigos. Let's talk about scores, Daniel. I'd probably give it about a six and a half. Which is that's good for that's good. For I, like, you. I mean, again, yeah. you recommend <laughs> it. You'd you'd recommend somebody to watch. I would it, say like. somebody. Yeah, it's it's a movie that I've, I've chanced it again. I'd watch mm-hmm. it if it came on TV. Good to hear. I'd give it a nine. It's like I said, it's one of my favorite funny movies probably, of all time. It's another one, kind of like I love Big, but mm-hmm. I watched Big since I was. You know, seven years old. You know, See, I love Big. Be- oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I mean, Labyrinth. You know, yeah. uh, something. Of, it's the nostalgia aspect that has a lot to do it, with it. It really, it, it truly does. Mm-hmm. But by that same comparison, for example, like like Tom Hanks movies, like Big would probably be like of like of the ones that we've talked about just earlier on the pod. Yeah. You know, uh, like to me, I like Money Pit better than Big. I like uh, Turner and Hooch better than Big. What was the other one we talked? We mentioned. We talked about trying to find four, and I think There's we had Dragnet. Three. 
There's the Burbs. Burbs was was it the eighties? That was eighties, yeah. Uh, eighty. It was late eighties, eighty nine or something. Yeah, eighty nine. Let's see what other one. Joe versus no, that's nineties. Uh, Punchline. Like, eh. Bachelor Party. Bachelor Party. Yeah, eighty four. Splash. That, that's what we started talking about. That was last yeah, episode, Splash. I guess. Not this one. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, to me, like Big would be not my favorite. See, Big's one of my favorite. It's I mean, I'm not dissing the movie, yeah. like you know, but it, to me, it, the thing I like about like like Turner and Hooch, the drama comes in at the very end where spoiler, Craig T. Nelson, the biggest asshole on the planet, shoots Hooch. And it's just like, that's the drama. You know, like, Mr. I like, Incredible I like, shoots. <laughs> I can never forgive him for that. That's why The Incredibles is not my favorite Pixar movie. Uh, you know, but we're big. Like, there's a there's a dramatic aspect through a lot of the movie. And, and that movie is so fucked up when you watch it today. Mm-hmm. Because this woman's kid gets kidnapped, you know, and it comes back. You know, I mean, it's just like, it's so, in today's current climate mm-hmm. of, you know, things that happen. Where people get kidnapped and impregnated and then beaten to miscarry and he's abducted and chained. He's a yeah, twelve year old sleeping with her. He made her he made Elizabeth Perkins a sexual a pedophile. Yeah, you yeah. know? Like she's that whole relationship is complete pedophilia. <laughs> I don't care what Zoltar Zoltan did to him, it's yeah. pedophilia. Because yeah. she's when she turns into a kid, she's still like, Oh, like you know, if this were in real world, she'd be like, We can just you can be my son, we'll tell people you're my son and live oh, happily. I, I know you're gonna turn to that kid. Because she's thinking for herself too, like, you know, I wanna yeah, yeah. be old, but he's still gonna love me. So I'll have me a young buck, and I'll be you know cougar. But I'm kind of, I'm kind of protecting my future love life. Uh, <laughs> but that's for that's something to talk about on a future episode, or maybe not, since we just got to talk about it. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, not dissing big. It's a great. I, I like the movie. I saw. I remember seeing it in the theater. You know, and it's an assault. You know, I always that movie made me always want to find a Zoltar machine. You know, and I found always found one similar, but never one. Just quite like that, so. But I would prefer Turn Hooch or Money Pit over watching Big. If like you know, if somebody said, "Hey, watch one of these movies," it'd be the last one I'd pick, simply because, like, like, like much like the Three Amigos, where the movie doesn't stop for the the drama, like Happy Gilmore, it stops for like two seconds. Like, gotta save Grandma. Okay, right yeah. back to comedy. Yeah. You know, unlike Judd Apatow films of late, where they're two and a half hours long, and they take an hour break in the middle of the movie to. Be Other a than drama. funny people, what? <laughs> Well, that's the one I'm thinking I know. of. <laughs> Which, I mean, that wasn't a bad movie, but it was just like, eh, there needs to be at least a joke happening sometime soon. Oh, yeah, and I didn't see this as 40. So. Not me either. Just didn't look interesting. That's producer. Wait, oh, producer. Wow, I'm about to say, like, I don't know anything to do with Anchorman. Yeah, this is 40, and then Funny People, yeah, so. And I didn't care if it knocked up was overrated. Like, I saw it in theaters, yeah, like, especially following up the 40-year-old version, I was just like, this is... I mean, it's funny, you know, but it's not... 40-year-old version from start to finish is just hilarious. Right. But anyway, everybody, thanks for... Li- oh, Back to the Future, I'm sorry. We just did that, huh? No. No, Back oh, to the Future. Oh, I guess we didn't. We did. <laughs> I did we're taking it. Rewind. We're taking it back from the 80s into modern day, where I would like to speak to our gamer friends out there. Uh, I got an invite to the Final Fantasy fourteen beta, which by the time you listen to this, might be in its final phase, or close to happening. But uh, it's an MMO, uh, the second Final Fantasy MMO. The first was Eleven, which I played extensively, uh, which and was also uh, the first MMO I ever played. And then WoW came out, and I was like, holy shit, this is so much better. Played <laughs> WoW for a little bit, uh, but I've always loved, always a special place in the market. Final Fantasy as a franchise has always been great, and this one is no slouch in that category. It pretty much fixes all the problems from Eleven, which Eleven was going off you know, more like for lack of a better term, the hardcore MMO model, which was you know made precedent by the success of EverQuest and everything, 
and then WoW came along and really innovated the the genre. And Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy 14 does a lot of that. You don't lose experience when you die, similar to WoW. You don't go to a graveyard either. You just kind of respawn back at your home point, mm. where you know you set your home point to be. So you don't really lose. You don't have to run back to your what body if it's across the world. You would still spawn well, across the world. Yeah, that, well, that's that's a trick. Much like in Final Fantasy 11, where if you die and you don't get a raise, you would have to go back to your home point. So wherever you're leveling, that's where you want to set your home right, point at, right. so you don't. Because I, I, that actually happened to me. I was playing as one job in another city, uh, and died, and I was like, "Oh, I'll just I'm gonna go back to the city." But I forgot. I'm not going back to that city. I'm going back to this other one. Oh. So I was like, "Ah, fuck it. I'm done for the day." Because <laughs> uh, at this stage in the beta, the phase three, like your progress doesn't carry over. So it's like, eh, how much time do I want to waste on something that doesn't matter? Yeah. Or it was more so more like seeing what, you know, okay, I need to remember to do this in the real game. <laughs> That's kind of really... Spend money on this. Everything about an MMO, how much time do you want to waste? And yeah. It doesn't really matter in general. <laughs> well, no. I mean, especially since WoW came out, mm-hmm. and I'm sure, Jesse, you get, you get input on this too, is that once WoW came out, like, that got cut in half at least mm-hmm. as opposed to other MMOs. Cause I played EverQuest a little bit. In Final mm-hmm. Fantasy XI, when you died, it was literally like your, your hopes just got crushed because you lose experience. You might have just leveled. You're like 100 XP into your level and you die and it's like, you deleveled. I hope you didn't sell any of that shit, you know, for, uh, that you were equipping because now you can't even equip what you have equipped because you deleveled. Deleveling mm. was stupid. <laughs> you know, wow, you know, and much like wow in Final Fantasy 14, you have to repair your equipment, you know, but it's very, it seems to me it's almost slower than a wow. Like I died like four or five times and my percentage was like maybe 89%. So it's still not like, honestly, it, it, you know, on one hand, it's cool to have, a, you know, a consequence for dying so you're more adverse to it happening. But, you know, when it doesn't happen, you know, when you have no fear, you also want to, you know, you experiment a little more, so to speak. Hmm. So that's what I like about that. And also, when you, when, you die in Final, when you die in Final Fantasy XI, you literally lost three to four hours of your leveling because you would de-level thousands of experience based on your level. So it was, right. you know, it was like, it was disheartening. Uh, whereas modern MMOs are much, especially like fourteen, it's it's fun, which is the most important thing, and it's you can play it casually. You don't have to be hardcore on it. Like, oh shit, I got a raid tonight. You know, I, I have to do this. Blah blah blah. I mean, there are there is a hardcore aspect to it, but you don't have to. There's plenty there if you just want to play casually, which is my big my greatest admiration for it. Because in this day and age, you know, I can't Final Fantasy Eleven. We would we would start playing at five o'clock, five p.m. on a Saturday. We would play till. 7 a.m. Sunday morning, you know, mm-hmm. just nonstop, you know, and it, I can't, I can't do that. I, I mean, I could do that one or, once or twice, but that's not like something. When you know, Dana, you have a kid, you know, that's not, not something you can do on a rate any kind of regular basis or anything, you know. So I, I play League of Legends, mm-hmm. and uh, if you if you're playing that, you know, with a group playing non against other human opponents, that's the game. Of course, you can't pause. My wife doesn't like yeah. that game. I, I, I sit I, there I, and play a 50 minute <laughs> game. She can't. Get me to do something if I need to do something. Yeah, she can't you to do just anything, you know. Mm. She just doesn't really She's care just for that. Bugging you, back <laughs> massage, <laughs> take out the trash, yeah. that kind of thing. So, yeah, she'd rather me a game where you can pause. No, I mean I, 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 <laughs> I agree with that. You know, but you can't pause an MMO. I mean, there yeah, were there were times we were playing Final Fantasy XI where our tank, our friend Jason, who we mentioned on the podcast, actually fell asleep. Because we were playing so late, tanking, and we didn't know. It. He told us the next day, like, "I'm so glad I didn't die, dude," because I literally fell asleep for about an hour. <laughs> like tanking and he nobody died so he did his job <laughs> while he passed out pretty much but I mean it's a little different to me with an MMO at least if you're not doing PvP because you're playing against a computer 
Yeah. If you're like AFK in League of Legends, it's four on five. You're probably gonna lose against if you're playing against other people. Yeah. There may be a point where, let's say, me and you and three of our other friends were grouping. You said it was eight to a party. Yeah, and, and uh, uh, fourteen. Well, big group. Yeah. But where it could be enough to where I could say, okay, I'm going AFK for a second, go do what I need to do, come back. It, it'll be a little bit better to me than League of Legends. Yeah. Maybe. Well, I mean, you know, in an MMO, that's the thing. Everybody mm-hmm. knows. I think that it's the mindset when you go into it is that, like, you know, occasionally you, you're included, are going to have to take a break yeah. and go get a new another beer, go drain the lizard, you know, go do something. And, like, and that's why you, you know, AFK, be back. Everybody goes, takes a break, takes a breather. And then yep. you, your puller pulls again, or whatever, you know, however Exactly. There is a pause is. point. You know, do a battle. Okay, hold on a second, guys. I got to, yeah, bam. AFK, BRB. Yeah. You can't do that in League of Legends. You yeah. can't pause it. And this has been MMOs yeah. Revisited. <laughs> no, but uh, if you if you played 11 or if you play MMOs, and I know a lot of WoW's losing people left and right, and you know it's kind of declining oh, yeah, numbers. Oh, yeah, I think they're uh, going to be could, hurting after this year. And uh, speaking of Final Fantasy fourteen, it got over, I think, a million pre-orders already and nice. two million requests to sign up for the beta. So it's already getting some hype. And definitely if you played 11, you will orgasm I was going to say orgasmic so I said it orgasm weird but you'll have an orgasm over just how much more fun and how better designed this game is and it looks gorgeous it has that Final Fantasy aesthetic love it or hate it Uh, I love it we both Mm -hmm. love it and maybe all three of us love it I'm not sure I don't know I'm looking forward (laughs) to love uh, it one undecided EQ next that's but you that was your August. that was your first MMO right Ever Quest one or yeah yeah so and I've been real, go way back I've been following that for a while so mm-hmm. we're finally announcing something next month so awesome but yeah definitely if you're if you're into Final Fantasy if you play eleven check it out or if you know if you're looking for an MMO fix the good thing is too like this one this one you know it doesn't have to wreck your social life because of the the more casual uh, aspects to it so definitely give it a check out uh, I know I'll be playing it. Maybe Dan. Probably maybe Jess. Who knows? You might. Yeah, you know, if you play will. it, send us an email with your name and everything. Meet up on go take out Ifrit or something. Who knows? So check it out. <laughs> Good deal. But again, everybody, thanks for listening. As always, hit us up on email, agevisited at gmail.com, on Facebook at Awesome Podcasts. Uh, I'm sorry, at Awesome Podcast Network, on Twitter at Awesome Podcasts. And don't forget, uh, in addition to us, there's also Geekly Dose, with hopefully by the time you read you're listening to this, there'll be a new episode of that up. Uh it's just a little hard for those guys. God bless them, because uh, Stevens in California. I mean, Seattle. Yeah. So, but they they do it via Skype and comes out sounding just great. So hopefully we'll have some more sultuous voices of Tim Bridgewater and Stephen Osatelli to massage your ear canal soon. Once you get tired of listening to mine and Daniel's mm. and Jesse's. But next week, everybody, finally we're gonna sit down and make Daniel watch The Goonies. Richard Donner's just becoming a fucking celebrity on this a regular on this podcast. Mm. So. But yeah, the original Goonies, Josh Brolin, Sean Austin, short round from Indiana Jones, Temple of Doom. It's Austin? Austin. What, what, whatever. Oh, Austin. no, I mean, I wasn't doing it to be like oh, a no. dick. I'm, I just, thought it was, I'm, I'm uh, being a dick to you. Like, I don't give a fuck what his <laughs> name is. Aston? I mean, come on, put a U in there. Nope. Aston. Sean Austin says you just need to shut your mouth. <laughs> anyway, hope you come back and listen to that, and we appreciate it, everybody. So... And again, Three Amigos on YouTube. Watch it if you haven't. It's great. And until next time, I remain Trey Harris. I'm Daniel San Angelo. Jesse Sagely. Cowabunga! Arizona moons keep shining From the desert sky above You know pretty soon That big yellow moon 
Facebook.com slash awesome pods and follow us on Twitter at awesome pods. 